Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank God Hallelujah. for another time in his presence. That's a beautiful song. I mean, I think a couple of people will have known by now that I'm so much in love with that song. Okay, uh, Jerry, since you are online, please, uh, can you start, can you open with prayers for us? Please give us opening prayers. Okay, sir. Our Father in heaven, we glorify your name. We give you the praise for what you have done for us. We thank you for this evening. Thank you for the opportunity to gather once again to learn our peace. We know and we believe that you are set to bless us through your word. And you are set to open our eyes uh, to see you clearly. And we pray for deeper revelations of you in today's meeting. And we pray for our teacher that you use him as you will. Amen. In Jesus mighty name you Amen. 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 Thank you very much. Those that have joined on, on Zoom, I saw that a number of people are still trying to join. Maybe it's network. And then our Facebook audience, thank you very much for joining. So today we are doing two books, uh, not because we are collapsing any, but that's how it is in the manual. Uh, look and act. I could understand the reason why they merged both because it was written by the same person. Uh, but uh, I think it's unfair, especially on the book of Acts. There are so many lessons uh, to learn from the book of Acts. I've actually done a whole series on the whole uh, book of Acts. So you can go on, on my podcasts or just search for Tolu that I think it's it just search for Tolu that on any of your podcast platforms or I'm on Anchor, uh, anchor.fm forward slash Tolu search for the book of Acts. Um, I've done quite a number of things. Uh, we've, we've, we did, we spent a whole month on that. No, a whole month, about almost 20 something weeks. Yeah, almost a quarter actually. On the book of Acts, so um, please uh, 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 go there. Uh, that that will really help you. You you get a better, uh, uh, shall I say, clarity now. But uh, there's likely going to be more, uh, more, more things revealed than this uh, one hour to to treat two books. So uh, let's just do that. Could you help us in Jesus' name? Okay. Thank you very much, uh, Sister Tolu Lufolaji on, on Facebook. Thank you for joining. And those who are also, uh, thank you for your comment, actually. A number of other people joined, uh, but she made a comment. Okay, let's go. The book of Luke and Acts. I'll, I'll try as much as possible to, to rush it uh, as, as quickly as possible. Uh, so that we can we can have time to, to interact. Okay, the memory scripture they gave us is actually from the book of Acts, Acts 1-1. Uh, that is the memory scripture, just to 
let us know that um, it's still the same writer writing to the same person. Acts 1.1, the former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach. So this tells us, number one, that uh, it was written by the same person. Then it tells us the, the, the aim of the book, why the guy was writing. is writing to, to, to account for what Jesus did and taught. So uh, that, is, that, is very, very, uh, uh, that is very, very instructive. This book was written, as the book of Luke and Acts, was written to actually tell what Jesus began both to do and to teach. Okay, um, I think I've talked about what the synoptic gospels are in, in, the, in the introduction. Let, let us know that the book of Luke is the third and also one of the one of the is the third book in the New Testament and one of the synoptic gospels. The synoptic gospels are Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Uh, they are synoptic because they are similar. They they they, they add similar uh, uh, background or similar sources. And I, I think we've done that when we're speaking about the book of Mark. Was it Mark or Matthew? Uh, but don't let's go into that again. So. Um, like others, the main theme of Luke is that our, our blessed Lord is the son of God and that he sacrificed himself through the passion and death on the cross and rose again for our redemption to enable our salvation. It is an account primarily relating the events of Jesus's earthly ministry. Luke is aimed at presenting an accurate record about Christ's life and deeds to Theophilus. So Luke 1, 3 uh, to 4, can someone help us read that? Luke 1, 3 to 4. Okay. Is anybody there? Luke 1, 3 to 4. Yes. Please. Me also, I haven't had perfect understanding of all things, from the very first, to write unto thee in order, most excellent Theophilus, mm. that thou mightest know the certainty of those things wherein thou hast been instructed. Praise okay. the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you very much. I love NLT. I'll read NLT. If any other person has another version, you can help us read. NLT says, verse 3, having carefully investigated everything from the beginning, and this is very, very, very uh, instructive. Having carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I decided, I also decided to write a careful account to you, most honorable Theophilus, so that you can be certain of the truth of everything you were taught. So this was a work of a thorough investigation, even though Luke was not, um, uh, 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 he didn't, See, he didn't have an eyewitness account. He didn't have an eyewitness of Jesus's ministry. So he got this from investigation. Uh, and that's why a number of people have suggested that uh, he copied both Mark and, um, and Q. Uh, thought to, uh, one source that is called Q. Although uh, there are several uh, other um, 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 schools of thought that that Q was actually the gospel of someone or, or short sayings of Jesus by Thomas. 
but nobody could uh, confirm that because Q has actually been lost in history, so we don't know. But uh, Q is a is a book of compilation of short sayings by Jesus. That's what historians made us to know. So, but this is telling us that uh, uh, Luke actually got all this from thorough investigation rather than eyewitness accounts. Okay, uh, this is now what Acts concludes in Acts 1.1. We've read that in the memory scripture before going into the account of the activities of the apostles. In addition to completing the account of Luke, Acts of Apostles is an important book for, for understanding the actions of the apostles, mostly Paul and Peter, after the ascension of Jesus into heaven. Uh, the number of things I would have loved to, I would love to, um, the number of things I would love to add here, uh, especially talking about uh, the accounts of Paul and Peter. Uh, we'll still see, though, in a bit, uh, that um, uh, Luke was a traveling companion of Paul. So, hence the reason why most of the acts of the apostles were surrounding Paul's activities. You will see a lot of we, we traveled, we did this. So, because he was an eyewitness to Paul's journeys, it was part, it was part of Paul's companion. So uh, it's not as if other disciples didn't have significant acts. They were not just recorded. And because Luke was moving around with Paul, he could record what was happening around Paul. So um, I've, I've, I've heard a number of people argue uh, that Paul was the one that worked most in the New Testament and things like that. Uh, it may not necessarily be true. Um, I, will, I will still, I will, I will ask for our, our discussion when we get to Matthias in a bit. Okay, uh, it, is it is an important book. That's Acts now. It's an important book in an understanding how we can be directed by the Holy Spirit. And I think at the, when I was treating the book of Acts, one of the things that we said, uh, I can remember that the Acts of Apostles should not, shouldn't, in my opinion, shouldn't have been called the Acts of Apostles. It should have been called the Acts of the Holy Spirit because that book was all about what the Holy Spirit was doing, both in the lives of the apostles and also in the community where they were. So I will have, I will have titled that book, The Acts of the Holy Spirit. Okay. Um, the book covers the story of the takeoff of the church under Peter, as well as the missionary journeys of Paul, a Jew who encountered the risen, the risen Lord Jesus Christ while traveling to ironically persecute Christians and ends with Paul in Rome under house arrests. Uh, so that's the whole uh, book of, 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 of Acts. Okay, maybe let's look at this, the Paul being under house arrest. Let me start with uh, a conversation. I have quite a number of theologians here, so this will be interesting. Was, was, uh, was it the will of God for Paul to be in prison? Let, let, because let's look at how he ended up in Rome under house arrest. Let, let's look at that journey. They, they warned him. In fact, a prophet came and demonstrated how he would be bound, hands and legs, if he went to Jerusalem. 
he was even angry at the church for crying that he will be he will be arrested if he goes to Jerusalem. He knows that if he go if he's arrested, he will get to Rome. He wants to get to Rome by fire by force. That's uh, is a whole lot of uh, chapters I'm I'm, I'm 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 putting together. But could Paul could Paul have gone to Rome under a different circumstance? Because when he went to Jerusalem. He went to the temple to do purification because he made a vow of, 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 of Nazarene. He was arrested from there, he was to be killed. Uh, they, they locked him up. The trial went on for about two years. Uh, Felix and then LBZ Agrippa, then Felix. Uh, then he appealed to Rome, to Caesar, and they took him uh, because the Roman citizen, they took him to Rome. That's because Paul wanted to get to Rome by fire, by force, under any circumstance. He wanted to get to Rome and preach. But could he have, could he not have gone to Rome as a senator? Could he not have gone to Rome as a visitor or as any other thing? Let me have your opinions, uh, our theologians in the house or any other person. Must he, must he have ended up under house arrest in Rome? Who is, who is going to start? Hello? Do you understand the question? Or should I rephrase it? Hello? Okay, nobody decided to unmute themselves. Hello, anybody? Hello? Yeah, with you. Okay. So nobody wants to attempt the question. Femi, you want to go? You can hear me very well. Yeah. yeah, Lagos traffic. Go ahead. Hello? It's quiet. I think it's a bit quiet. Okay. Um, so, I think it's very straightforward. And looking at the circumstances and the situation around everything about Paul, mm. like you said, I, I think it's it was um it could have been another way around it could have been another way it surely could have been another way i, I don't believe that is the only way where um for the situation to have happened there are other possibilities mm. but i think with the history paul had the history of paul himself the kind of personality he, he is and and is um his mantra or his motto, his vision about the work of the ministry, had already set him up for that kind of life. Looking at the 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 um, proceedings actually took and everything, it was this it was this um, military. Uh, you know, it took this military perspective to the work of ministry. There is no gentle way. There is no easy way. Uh, militant. He didn't believe in the easy kind of way. Thing. Uh, hey. 
it was not it was not at all that was a that was a, a terrorist to the kingdom of god so when you're not telling him she go as the senator it's like are you people joking he's oh there's violence so yeah there is no peace there is no peace <laughs> that does not mean that other people could have taken the way of peace and achieved the result mm. but he believed that is how he, there is this joy there is this joy he derived from being eaten, being beaten, being persecuted for the work of the gospel. So surely, I believe there are other ways he could have gone about it. As a lawyer, could have gone about it in that aspect too. He could have gone to trade, you know, gotten the uh, the uh, the audience of the of the um, of the emperor who might have been the head of. The government did, mm. but then because of his approach, I believe his approach was very instrumental. Yes, it could be the way God has orchestrated him to have his ministry, but then his approach, his belief systems, the things he believed in, his kind of quality growing up must have way. Okay, thank you very much. Okay, thank you. Thank you for your comments and your contribution. Uh, well, any other person that wants to speak, uh, or maybe I should just share my thoughts about that. Uh, I feel that um, the law of sowing and reaping is universal. Uh, in total, I think he spent about four years in jail in total. From that, don't go to Jerusalem that he went and he was arrested, it was four years, because it was two years. Going back and forth between Festus, uh, bring him today, don't bring him, he spent two years on that one, live. His house arrest in Rome was about another two years. So aside the other few weeks, few months, so we can just safely say he spent four years in jail. And Paul had been throwing people in prison. So he must save time in prison. And God is also a God of his of principles. He will, not, he will not disobey his own principles. For instance, without remission of uh, without the remission of the blood, there cannot be forgiveness of sin. Without blood being shed, without shedding of blood, there cannot be remission of sin. I, I beg your pardon. Um, so God himself could have, could have said uh, he's uh, 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 gone against his own principle and not allow his son to die. But he had to go through his own principle. So the principle of God, you see that you will still make the choice. Oh, you still have to go through this path and still serve that your jail term. That's where I say, that's, that's the opinion uh, uh, I, I brought it from. Because... The Bible, the Bible is say, the Bible says that um, if we are faith, if we are, if we are, if we are, if we are humble enough to con confess our sin, is faithful and just to forgive us. The faithful part and the just part. Faithful part is you mean he will forgive you, you wipe your slate clean. Or just is the root word of justice. If you need two strokes of a cane, he will give you two strokes of a cane. So Paul needed to be in jail. And so he will leave, even if you if you show him 
they they showed him physically that Oga, oh this is your this is what will happen to you if you go. But that is nature will make him to choose not to obey those people. He will still follow, it will still be God will still follow the principles to be still be his choice. I mean, the choice of Paul. So I felt it's a, it's a matter of, uh, permit me to use the word predestination. I mean, uh, my proteges on this, on this, on this call, we know that, we know my stand on predestination. So he will, he will go to that jail. He has been predestined to go to that jail. And he will make, he will make, he will walk in the pathway of going there. He will be the one to choose. It won't be God for sin. He will just walk through that thing. Praise God. So traditionally, it is believed that evangelist Luke wrote both pieces. He was probably a, a gentile by birth, well-educated in Greek culture, a trained doctor by profession, companion and loyal friend to Apostle Paul. I've, I've, I've talked about him being a companion of Paul, but let's look at his profession. Uh, and like, coincidentally, I mean, it's a very good time to, to, to have this study. Just today, uh, 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 Dr. Lukoya, Daddy D.K. Lukoya, I, I saw, I don't know if it happened today, but I saw on, on social media today that it was conferred, a professorship, uh, a professorship was conferred on him in biotechnology. And he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a minister, he's a full-time, he's a pastor, he's a full-time pastor, I mean, he's a geo, and I saw a number of, Pastors, young pastors say, ah, this is encouraging, sir. I mean, he's still climbed, he's still, he's still relevant in the field of biotechnology. And he's still doing the work of ministry. Uh, so it's a very, very, very uh, encouraging, I mean, it was an encouraging feat today. Uh, and Luke was, was trained in Greek, a doctor by profession, also a missionary. Um, so Luke was never an eyewitness to Jesus's earthly ministry. However, the gospel is a product of his cleverness and diligence, assisted by the spirit in researching the relevant facts from sources, including eyewitnesses and early ministers of the gospel. Someone had described Luke's gospel as the most beautiful book ever written, appealing, to, appealing strongly both to Jewish and Gentile readers. This is also true of the Acts of Apostles. So we could see because, because of his knowledge in the, in the Greek culture, in the Gentile culture, he was gentle enough uh, not to offend the sensitivities of the Gentiles. So his book was, was more uh, uh, appreciated or acceptable, okay? May our eyes and ears of understanding be widely open to see and hear exactly what God has in mind for us all in this study. And his word keeps and makes us ready for his imminent second coming in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, we're halfway gone in timing. So let's just do some uh, um, conversations, some discussions. Okay, number two, I've talked about that. If Luke wrote the books, the we passages in Acts, and they listed a number of, of, of scriptures there, 
show that it was Paul's traveling companion who was with him on those occasions. Luke was... Okay, Luke was a universal gospel that traces Jesus' life from Galilee to Jerusalem and to Rome, showing him as performing his works, even among Gentiles, thus showing the, that Christ's gospel is not for the Jews alone, but for the Gentiles, but for all, including Gentile recipients. Okay, Luke presents Christianity through the two books as non-political, Okay, okay, okay. Let's discuss this. Let's discuss this. What does this mean? Um, Luke presents Christianity throughout the two books, both Luke and Acts, as non-political, hence not antagonistic to the Roman government. Some Romans most likely add such dissident notion about Christians. So what do we see about Christianity being non-political? How do we balance it between Christianity being non-political and Christians being involved in politics? Oh yeah, I know, I know at least two people on this call, three people on this call that have something to say on this, on this thing I just raised. So please unmute yourself and let's, let's, let's hear from you. Let's have your thoughts. Hello. We are here, sir. Please, sorry, take the question again. Sorry, sir. Okay. So it says, um, Luke presents Christianity throughout the two books as non-political, hence not antagonistic to the Roman government. So how do we balance this? Because now, if you want to blow, as a pastor in some places, just antagonize the government. That is now what the what Christianity is, is, is looking like these days. So how do we now balance it? Where do we draw the balance between Christianity being non-political and Christians being involved in politics? Oh, um, oh, okay, sir. Uh... So let, let me come from the um, first um, statement that says uh, Luke presented the book in such manner. Uh, the first um, point would be when um, Jesus uh, was asked by his um, disciples about um, um, taxes. Mm. By the Pharisees, yeah. Um, so um, Jesus obviously said, uh, what's, uh, whose picture is on the, on the coin? And it says Caesar. So give unto Caesar what belongs to Caesar. So mm. that is um, saying that um, it's not against government. Christianity is not against government. Um, even I, I think it was also Paul that was talking about honoring them, um, those in government mm. in one of his books. So, um, so we are not against government in, in Christianity. Uh, what we should be careful of, um, like one of our, our, our spiritual fathers, uh, in Ghana, I think it was um, Bishop Duncan Williams said, was saying to um, some of his bishops that um, the pulpit is not meant for political um, uh, um, speeches. Um, jingoism, it's not mm -hmm. meant for political adverts. Mm -hmm. 
um, we are not supposed to be there to antagonize the government. And mm -hmm. that is not our, our message. Our message is Christ and Christ alone. Uh, it is not a place where we call out government and say, uh, they, do, they did this right, they did this wrong. Uh, we, are, we are not against who is running. It is not a place where um, people now come nowadays to make uh, 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 as, as the case may be. I, I think that, that that's my opinion. Um, it's not a, a place where you now, what, what is most common is that for every crusade, you see now there are men, uh, there well, are political yes. uh, 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 um, or office of government. Mm. Yes, going there to make appearances. It, it, the, the Church of God is not meant for that. But Christians are encouraged to be in government. Mm. Everybody will not be called to be a minister. Some of mm. us are called into gov governance. Mm. Some of us are called into uh, uh, administration. Some of us are called into our, our, our office sectors. So, but uh, uh, I think that, that that's where we should strike the balance. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, I don't know if Momita mm -hmm. wants to say anything. She omitted herself. Yes. Okay. Uh -huh. Yes, ma'am. Well, when we talk about uh, Christianity and politics, mm. they are two different things. Mm. Christianity is after the kingdom of God. Mm. Politics is for the world. Mm. So if a Christian now is going to politics, then such a person must sit down and work out how uh, politics will not affect his stand in mm. Christ. Mm. Yes. Mm. So that is why we are, it's not all that convenient for Christians now mm. to be many in politics. Because until you get there, you don't know what is happening. Mm. There's some that have been there. You know what they have experienced. And uh, they will come back. And tell you the idea, but when they, 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 they come back into the Christian food, they will not uh, expose themselves mm. that my people pray for me. Oh. Mm. When I was in that thing, it was a mess. But I learned of somebody that came back and told this child that they should pray for him. Mm. That it wasn't long when he fell into, into the pool of the world. Mm. So don't let us always look at it as something that is easy. Mm. If you don't have a strong faith, and if you know that you will be able to stand on your feet for Christ, mm. <laughs> And go and join them. Mm. But if you are not sure of yourself, don't mix it up at all. Laura, mm. stay by your Christianity and focus for eternity. Mm. You cannot eat your cake and have it. Mm. Thank you, God mommy. Bless you. 
Amen. Thank you very much, Ma. Any other thoughts on that? I think uh, both speakers have, I mean, have nailed it. Personally, I, I, I personally now, I really, really don't think um, the pulpit should be a place uh, whereby we, we either use it for politics or use it to campaign. Um, yes, I mean, if a president comes, if the president comes, because you need to also balance, if the president comes to our church, Kotsi demands that uh, we, we, we give him honor as a president or vice president or a governor or a minister. Kotsi, that's simple Kotsi. The Bible says we should honor those who are in authority, who are in leadership. So Kotsi demands that um, you honor the president or the governor or wherever political leader comes. But where we need to strike the balance, I mean, and some courts can also demand that you say, oh, just greet us. Well, I mean, it depends on the culture of the church. Some churches you don't, you cannot even greet. They will just, it was mentioned that we have in our midst X, Y, Z and is recognized. Some churches may say, okay, just say something just as a matter of courtesy. Well, I think we as ministers of God need to be careful not to turn the pulpit into a campaign ground. Uh, like mommy rightly said, we don't know what their eyes see there. Someone may be going with a pure heart and good mind and it gets there and their hands are soiled. If the church is mixed up in that uh, shenanigans. Oh, after all, he came to our church and said we should vote for him. Look at what he's doing. In my opinion, I feel we do more harm than good. Uh, I believe that churches should be like uh, the moral compass or the neutral. Not that we should be neutral. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to look for a way. For instance, in my own, in my assembly, I would prefer to have every party represented in my assembly, so that you're not seen as partisan. One of our fathers of faith in Nigeria also says that, that he, has, he has children in his denomination in every party, so he cannot say vote for this and don't vote for that. I think that's where what the church should be. We should encourage our leaders to fear God, encourage our leaders to do right for the people, encourage, pray for our leaders, encourage them, uh, please, uh, I think there was a there was a there was a church in the Middle Belt, uh, in a state in Nigeria, whereby uh, for, no okay I think it's south south south, whereby governor donated some amount of money to the church, uh, and the the priests thankfully rejected it that some pensioners are being held uh, pension their pension. Please, Your Excellency, use this donation to pay the pensioners. The, the man was so polite. No, no, he wasn't trying to throw banters. We appreciate your donation. I, I think when I now heard that uh, 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 news, uh, they now realized that he, he wrote back the amount. Thank you for donating. Just for instance, say two million naira. I don't know. I'm not sure. I can't remember the figure. Thank you, sir, for your two million naira donation. Could you please help use it to pay the pensioners? Because we, we have some of them who are in our church and who have not been paid. Blah blah blah. 
So someone now said that it did. It doesn't even think it was two million naira that the guy donated. Maybe for instance, so just for instance, I'm not, I'm just saying it. Maybe he donated ten million, but the amount that got to the church <laughs> was two million. This one has removed. So this one has removed. So so, had the pastor collected it, government would have thought that he gave church ten million. So the guy removed. And uh, thank you very much for your two million naira donation. So the guy would have said the governor would have said ah. Even the money I released, we didn't get. <laughs> so that this, these are one of some of the reasons why I feel the church, as much as possible, should not be so partisan. However, if I have a member who is who is who God has called into politics, I will so much personally support them, but will not use the pulpit as a as a campaign because it's sacred. In fact, in, 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 in ethics, in pastoral ethics, shouldn't even use the pulpits to come and settle fights. Person, you shouldn't use the pulpit for personal, or the, the board of elders are fighting with pastor. It is on the pulpit who will hear. Uh, pastor's wife is angry with her husband. When she comes to lead prayer on Sunday, it is on the pulpit. She's using style. to to. Those are not ethical. They are not ethical. You shouldn't bring... You shouldn't bring personal issues, personal law or church issues. Someone fought with you. Uh, you know, some of our, I mean, those of us who grew up in church, you know, in those days now, uh, there are some, 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 just a few, a few people who probably don't know these ethics is whatever happened on Saturday, they used to preach uh, on Sunday. It's not ethical. The same thing applies to um, antagonizing government or whatever, using the pulpit. It is not ethical. Thank you very much for your comments. Uh, let's quickly move to the next point. Okay. Okay. Yes. After Jesus ascended to heaven, I want us to also contribute on this. Please listen. After Jesus ascended to heaven, another apostle, Matthias, was chosen in the place of Judas. What does this process teach church today about leadership selection? Now, a number of people have argued that it was because lots were casted and Matthias was chosen. Then you would, we, don't, we didn't hear anything again about Matthias. It was because he was chosen by lots that Paul was a real replacement of Judas, not Matthias. What are your thoughts on that? Because they, they prayed and they casted lots. That's what's called um, 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 uh, theocratic democracy. Yes, or democratic theocracy. Theocratic democracy. You pray and then you elect. You can you can have a, a, a number of people and you vote. But after praying about this set of a number of churches in in Nigeria, I mean, even globally, use that uh, that uh, style of theocratic democracy. Yes, it's theocracy. We still trust God <clears throat> to choose our leaders for us. But it's also a bit democratic because among these people that we've prayed about. We now need to choose either cast lots like they did in Acts or vote like we do these days to choose our leader. So what's your what are your opinions? Some people have said it was because lots were casted. Uh, they didn't pray very well. That's why we didn't hear anything about Matthias again uh, after that day. What's your opinion? I have a very, very different thoughts about that. But let me hear your thoughts first. Okay, let's have you.
Hello. Let's share our thoughts. Let's share our thoughts. Okay, Femi, go ahead. Oh, we can't hear you, Femi. Or oh, someone else wants to start uh, while. Any other person? Okay, yes, we can hear you now. Okay, all right. Now, this is a wonderful conversation, and I want to be very sincere. It has been it has been a bit of um, some things that I've also tried to look at, but this is my submission about the issue. Now, um, Paul was admonishing um, Timothy about um, the qualities of a leader in the church. And I was able to see that there are some things that he mentioned that is not just about the Holy Spirit. He said something about of good reputation. Mm. Now, it is not just enough that you have the spirit of God. It is not enough that, yes, you are a child of God. Mm. You, a good person, are you vast with the needs of the church? Do you care so much about around the church? Now, for me, I think it's about the 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 quality of the men around during those days. They had good people. One person. So they were like, okay, we are afraid. They are all qualified spiritually. Yeah. So what do we do? We need only one person. So it now turns, it now boils down to okay, let's see we can decide on this among ourselves. We cannot say these guys did not pray. We cannot say that the God, God did not, God is not involved in the choosing of these guys. But at the end of the day, they have more than one person that died and that is available. Mm. So for me, it, it is not about maybe Paul was not the replacement. No, no, no. Matthias was qualified spiritually and physically. Barnabas, I think Barnabas was also the second person yeah. who was also qualified spiritually and physically. Now, let's choose. Let's choose at least we can, we have to go ahead that these are the two people Holy Spirit has released unto us. Mm. Now we can choose from anyone between them. Mm. This is just my own perspective. Thank you so okay. much. Thank you very much. Do we have any other perspective on that? Okay, because of time, because I still want us to discuss one more thing. Uh, let me just share my thoughts. Uh, the fact that we didn't hear about Matthias anymore is not, uh, or we didn't read about him in Acts, in the account of Luke. It's just because Luke was not with Matthias. That doesn't mean that Matthias didn't do <laughs> work after that. Please, Get me right. Me too, I have preached that first thing before that said that um, 
Matthias Paul was the real uh, replacement. Matthias didn't do anything because he was chosen by lot. Me too, I have believed it before. So me too, I'm coming to confess my <laughs> my former uh, 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 a bit wrong notion. Yes. Uh, 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 it's been, it's been, uh, how do I say it now? Uh, 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 it, it, it's been, uh, 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 the, okay, let's even assume that Matthias probably did, wasn't even in a city. Maybe he went on a village. He went to a village, a very remote place. So the fact that, and, and this is going to affect uh, our mentality on those who are in court working for God. Uh, the president of Christ Apostolic Church, uh, Pastor Esu Oladili, shared a few thoughts with us about who we call God's generals. Ah, this person he has done well for God. Ah, he's a general. He's a God's general. And uh, he doesn't believe in things like that. So he shared with us, I think, last year at the pastor's conference that who, which, who is a God's general? Which one is who is not a God's general? Who is a God's sergeant? And God, uh, God's corner or God's recruits. A pastor laboring on 15 members, 10 members in a remote village. We, what rank will we give that one? A pastor, a missionary who is in mission field that probably he has not even opened, he's not even the mission, the, the field is not ripe enough. The field is still hostile for him to even share about Jesus. He's just going there to acclimatize to feel, so that people will be feel comfortable with him before he even starts sharing. Who do we call that? Is he a, a captain or a lieutenant? God's lieutenant. God is the only one that can know who a general is. The fact that the people we call generals or God's generals are people who have worked in the city. People who we've read a number of things about. That, that is not necessarily the account of God. So Matthias could have been in the village. We were talking uh, when we were discussing when we finished the Bible in thirty days. I mean, during the when we were reading the Bible in thirty days. Out, where was Matthew after this? So extra biblical fact made, made us realize that Matthew came to to Africa. He came to Ethiopia. The fact that we didn't read about because. Uh, uh, Luke and 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 Paul were going to to Asia. We're going to the to to the present day Turkey. They were in Rome and around that place. He wouldn't have known what is happening to Matthew in in Ethiopia. Matthias had his own itinerary. He was also working for God. So the fact that we didn't read his story in the account of Luke doesn't mean he didn't work for God. Doesn't mean it was a bad replacement or a bad choice so wherever you are some people may be pastors over thousands of congregation and you as a as an engineer as a lawyer as a banker you're a pastor over two people in your place of work in that your niche you are still doing in fact you could be that may be your own assignment in in the world and you are scored 100 and to god you're a general so let's stop this uh, uh rank distribution so that some people are generals, some people are captains, some people are lieutenants, some people are colonels, some people are sergeants and things like that. It's only God that will reward everyone. Okay, let's just do one more. It's almost, it's about eight minutes to go. Uh, please help me to read, it's a bit long. Uh, 
uh, Acts chapter of seven, verse 51 to chapter eight, verse one. Acts, if you have New Living Translation, please read it. I want, I want it, it, is, it is serious. Acts chapter seven, verse 51. Anybody there? Acts 751, then I think it's about eight verses, then we'll go to we'll go to uh, to eight chapter one. Who is there? Um I'm trying to open it. Okay. At 751. Yes, Acts 751. Okay. Um, you stubborn people, mm. you are aiding at arts and death to the truth. Mm. Must you forever resist the Holy Spirit? That's what your ancestors did, and so do, do you. Name one prophet your ancestors didn't persecute. They even killed the ones who predicted the coming of the righteous one, the Messiah, whom you betrayed and murdered. Hmm. You deliberately disobeyed God's law, even though you received it from the hands of angels. Hmm. The Jewish leaders were infuriated by Stephen's accusations, and they shook their fists at him in rage. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed steadily into heaven and saw the glory of God. And he saw Jesus standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. And he told them, look, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing in the place of honor, right hand. Then they put their hands on, then they put their hands on their hairs and began shouting. They rushed at him and dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. His accusers took off their coats and laid them at the feet of a young man named Saul. As they stoned him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. He fell to his knees, shouting, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. And with that, he died. 8 verse 1. Saul was one of the witnesses and they agreed completely with the killing of Stephen. A great wave of persecution began that mm. day, sweeping over the church in Jerusalem, and all the believers except the apostles were scattered through the regions of Judea and Samaria. Okay, so what caused this persecution now? That's the question. Because look at the, look at the, the words of Stephen to the Jewish leaders. Shaida verse 51. I love the way NLT put it. So let's have a few thoughts uh, in about two, three minutes. Then we'll take questions if anybody has. Please, if you have questions on Facebook, uh, write it down. I mean, just type it uh, on, on Zoom. You can unmute yourself. Who, who wants to talk? One or two people, please. So no, normally, um, the Church had been earlier been persecuted low key. Uh, when I mean low key, uh, some pockets of religious leaders just bringing up some accusations. Mm -hmm. But uh, 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 Stephen broke the ice. Uh, immediately he went full fledged on them. They were like, no, 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 no. We are the way these people are going. If you if we don't uh, if we don't um, uh, 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 put their hands in check. They are going to be all, all over the place. So the, they are to come out full flesh against them. And, and imagine verse um, verse eight saying that Saul was one of the witnesses, and he agreed completely with the killing of, of Stephen. 
a lot of people rose from that from that time. I I would call uh, in, in a normal in a normal in a normal uh, 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 terrain who name um, Saul a one of the zealous. Normally, if if it was if it was because Paul did everything to the extreme. Mm. He did everything to the extreme, and they had people like Paul, like Saul in that case, that wanted to really take the battle to the Christians. Mm. So because that battle was there, everyone had to just find their way. I, I believe this is what this was the point where the likes of uh, Matthew had to go to Africa. Mm. Everyone had to just find their way because uh, you have to run for your dear life, even in the face of um, of um, trying to preach the gospel. Okay, thank you. Uh, any other opinion on that? Well, I have a, div a slightly different opinion because it was still the same sermon Peter preached in a, a couple of chapters after. Uh, the same sermon. But how will you be talking to your leader? This is part of what we are talking about. Though. Look at verse 51. You are talking to the, the Jewish leaders. Verse 51. You stubborn people, you are hidden at heart and deaf to the truth. Must you forever resist the Holy Spirit that your ancestors, that's what your ancestors did, and so do you. Name one prophet your ancestors didn't persecute. You are talking to, your, to, to the community leaders, let's assume. You are talking to the governor, you are talking to the king and his chiefs like this. This is part of, I think it was Momitai Ojo that um, actually pointed my opinion, my, 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 my mind to this. Long time ago, we we're having devotion uh, at home, one time, maybe mommy will still remember, that it is still the same sermon Peter preached that uh, uh, Paul, I mean, that Stephen preached. But Peter started his own with our fathers and leaders, like your excellency, uh, your royal highness, KBSO, long live the king, Ranka de, de, can, that kind of a thing. And he still said the same thing. But Stephen was a young man, Sorosuke generation, uh, his blood is hot, he just gave his life to Christ. But look at the, he, he, yes, he went to heaven, but he was killed. And the gospel, the ministry still moved forward, but he was killed. He saw Jesus, but he was killed. His life, he could have done more, but he was killed. So in my own opinion, I feel that's a balance. That let's, let's learn to strike balances when we're talking to people. Don't talk to your boss anyhow. Don't talk to, your, don't, talk to your, don't talk to someone in authority anyhow because there's fire in your bones. Uh, that's that's, that's a, a lesson I think uh, we all can learn. Okay. Um, Let's just read the conclusion. Any any other question, please? I mean, any question, please type it out on Facebook or, or, or meet yourself on Zoom. The real essence of the Holy Spirit upon Christians is for the propagation of the gospel. This is seen in how the disciples had been with Jesus. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to witness to the, might, to the mighty person and power of Jesus Christ. God manifested greatly through them. No one can do anything tangible and acceptable to God without the guidance of the Holy Spirit. If as Christians in the contemporary age, 
would be as effective and productive as the apostles in the early church, then the Holy Spirit is non-negotiable and inevitable. Our lives, actions, deeds, and ways would make more meaningful impacts with the presence of the Holy Spirit. How filled with the Holy Spirit are you? So we just need the Holy Spirit to survive as Christians in this day and age. God bless you. I hope we've, uh, we've learned one or two things. Please, if you have questions, uh, type it out on Facebook or ask on Zoom. Any question? Okay. Um, I don't know. Mommy Ogunbe Ogunbe Joe. Okay, Ogunbe Enro, Sister Victoria Ogunbe Enro. Could you please uh, close for us with a word of prayer? Are you in a quiet place? Okay. okay. Yes. Hi, Heavenly Father, we want to say thank you. We want to bless your holy name for what you have done for us. Thank you for your son that you use even to open our eyes to so many things that we are hearing now. We give you all the glory for the people that gather together. We give you praises, oh God, for we are at your feet. Be thou exalted, O Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, we pray that we give us another opportunity next time to learn and you continue to grant unto him more wisdom in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, blessed Redeemer. Thank you, Jesus. We worship and adore you. Amen. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Amen. God bless you. Thank you very much. For those of us in Abuja, we meet on Saturday for evangelism in church, 8 o'clock. And on Sunday, 8 o'clock for Sunday service. God bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening ahead. Bye.